You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Thomas comes up at 8.35. Joining us now on the program. Where she's a little under the weather. She's being a gamer here today. It's Marva in Miami. Marva, with a cold this morning. How are you? You okay? Yeah, you okay? I, I'm okay. You know, like I said, it's hard <laughs> when you have young kids to stay well. It is. It you know, is. because they're always bringing home something from school. But uh, I'm all right. Well, I mean, you've got those tough temperatures to deal with down there as well. I mean, every day, 70s. I do. I mean, I haven't even checked what the temperature is now, but uh, it's it's actually just uh, it's 69, so it's not exactly <laughs> summertime here. <laughs> no, not yet. But uh, so when it's 69 in the morning down in Miami, like it is today, what what will like the what, what when is the hottest time of day down there? Is it between noon and like four or something? How does that work? Down there. Yeah, noon four, noon three. It's going to be really uh, – and today I think it's supposed to go up to 84. So um, just check it out. It's supposed to get up to 84 around 1 o'clock. Whew. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough life, Rick. Well, I can understand. I can, are you in a shawl this morning? Quilt? Shawl? No. No. No, I do have on my regular shorts this morning. Okay, okay. good. good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you don't. I'm not going outside. You don't now. sound. You don't sound cold ridden. I mean, you sound okay. So it's not like it's coming across. Oh yeah, I, I'm much better. My goodness, lot, late last week it was not pretty, but uh, I'm getting better. All Drink right. a lot of tea. All right. All right. So uh, you know, I'm not trying to pile on here, but you are a resident Tar Heel, and we have lots of Tar Heel listeners out there. Your team right now would not make the NCAA basketball tournament. And they lost yesterday to NC State. And you're watching. I know you are because you're a diehard. You're a loyalist. What in the world is going on with the Tar Heels? Well, yesterday, I mean, it was just an absolute crazy – not yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Crazy atmosphere at – PNC Arena, and uh, Carolina just had way too many turnovers, and that's all it is. I mean, at the end of the first half, it was 32-31 NC State. So, you know, it's not... Yeah, you're you're there. Carolina was getting blown out of the gym, 
but just too many turnovers. So it was eight in the first half, and I, I just I can't even remember how many it was in the second half, but it was bad. And I think NC State for the whole game, maybe they committed one, maybe two, and you just can't win like that. Like in the first half, um, NC State I think had twelve points off turnovers, um, and you just. You just cannot play like that. I mean, that's all it is. You you cannot and win. You cannot turn the ball over that many times on expect to win. And then late in the second half, NC State went on a big run, mm. and that was it. That was it. And so you know, Carolina tried to respond to that, um, uh, going to a full court press like pretty late. But you know, maybe they should have tried full court press earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. And it just you know, it was just. It was just not good because when you when you go in halftime, you're down one, and, and you know you've turned the ball over that many times, but you're still only down one. You think, okay, well, this this not clearly this isn't over. Um, but like I said, late in that second half, NC State just went on a big run, and that was it. Um, could not recover, um, and and Carolina's just had a lot of shooting problems this year. Uh, just hasn't been good. Uh, you know, and even with that, you know, you had, I think, Love had 23 points. Uh, you know, Baycott had a double-double. But what I'm realizing through this season and what I've seen is I, I just didn't realize. And as, as you know, I watch all the games. You know, I'm watching them very closely. I'm looking at box scores. I'm doing all these things. I just didn't realize how important Brady Manick was to last year's team. I yeah. just didn't. I mean, I thought he was yeah. – he, he was a great spark. Uh, I thought that's what he was, but – he was a lot more than that, and now I'm realizing it. You know what's a bigger... He allowed them to play the way Hubert Davis wanted them to play, you know, being that stretch four. And Carolina doesn't have that right now, and it is a problem. Okay, so it, I agree. I agree Manic not being there has hurt them. But what is bigger? Manic not being there, the fact they all got paid, and they really are playing like that's what matters to them the most instead of the way they played last year when they made their big run. And that wasn't all because of Manic. We saw these same players really show a lot of passion out there and really were grinders, man. They were really impressive the way they went about winning those games. And now that personality has not reinserted itself to this 2022-23 team. But that what you were talking about, that passion you saw, you remember that was like late in the season. You didn't see that throughout the season. Um, these are the, by and large, like you said, the, the same players. Um, but bringing uh, Pete Nance in, it just hasn't it hasn't meshed as well. And I, I don't like to, you know, call out one guy because it's certainly not one guy's fault. Um, but it's just not working out, you know, the way that I'm sure the coaches thought it was going to work out. Um, I don't think it's, you know, NIL. I know it's a popular argument. Oh, the players are getting paid, and so that's why, you know, they're not giving it their all because they all have money. I really don't think that's the case, and it just made me think about, you know, some of the the best players I've seen for Carolina over the years, and they didn't get these deals. And I thought, you know, would that have made a difference? And I, I one guy I always enjoyed watching play, Tyler Hansborough. If we could go back in time and Tyler Hansborough could sign an NIL deal, we know he, he would have gotten one, you know, a uh, great player. Do we really think that would have changed how he played the game? I mean, I, don't know. I think this is something that's either in you or it's, it's not in you. Um, it's, it's either there or it's not. 
And, you know, we talked about last week, there are some rumors about some problems off the court with, like, some of the players. Yeah. That they were yeah. having some, some issues there. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I and mean, they kind of come out and sort of squash that and say it's not the case. I don't know. But, you know, something I could see how something like that, if it were the case, it could affect them. I, I really don't think it's the NIL. And I, I, I always, my argument against that always is, well, everybody has NIL now. I mean, if you're a top player, you have NIL, you're going to get an NIL deal. And so if it were crazy, we would see it across the board, and we really haven't seen that. I mean, we, we've there's been some great basketball played this season. Um, it's not by Carolina. I, I, <laughs> Carolina's had their moments, okay? Carolina's had their moments. Um, and, you know, I, I and since this team has been so up and down, um, I, I would not be surprised if, you know, Carolina came in and, and – you know, one these last games they have. There's only a few games left on the uh, regular season um, because they have been up and down. Um, so I don't know what it is, but you know, there, of course, there's already people saying Hubert Davis needs to be fired. That's what I was going to ask really you. Reasonable. That's what I was going to uh, ask you about this. Reasonable, but that's what fan bases do. But is it? And I think you know you've got to give him a chance and let him get his uh, a roster full of his own players because. You know, I heard you earlier today talking about Roy Williams, and I do. I absolutely love Roy Williams. I am a big fan of his. Uh, you know, he brought three championships to UNC. Uh, but his last two years weren't that great, um, record-wise, with these same players. And so um, I, I think we just need to keep that in mind. Uh, his last two years coaching, like he was 18 and 11 his last season, and the season before that, he was fourteen and nineteen, and that the same players. And well, so, that's right. I, I just think we need to, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Remember what he said, though. Remember what he said when he left. Well, I know he said he was. He said like he was. He was, couldn't deal with the the modern. Well, player. he also said yeah, about that team. That quote, he but. said these guys weren't coachable. He said that. Remember, he made that I, statement. That's what. That's what got all everybody's eyebrows raising up. Though I can't coach these guys. He made that statement about this same group. And I'm wondering if Hubert Davis is finding that out as well. Maybe Hubert Davis needs this group, as great as they've been, to go ahead and just get out of here so he can kind of establish his own thing. Because there's no doubt Hubert Davis is on the hot seat next year. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no question. Yeah, I think he needs to – he's going to have his, his own uh, – you know, hopefully he's going to have a chance with his own players. And I do think that, you know, Carolina's not been historically a team to like, you know – hook on a guy early. I mean, even Matt Doherty, as bad as things were when Matt Doherty was coaching, he did get three seasons at Carolina. And there was that one season that was just like, you know, horrific. I think he was like won eight games that season. Um, but they're going to, you know, he's going to have a shot. He's going to have a chance. And I think that's only fair that he gets a chance with his own players. And he does have an incredible recruiting class coming in. But due to... Um, you know, the the COVID year. Like, it'll be interesting to see, like, which players decide to come back and which players decide to move on after this season. Um, I, I'm ever the optimist. I I still think that the team can salvage something, but it, it's just, you know, they have to come together. They have to, to play smart, uh, play together. And it, it's possible. And you see flashes of this. You've seen it this season where you've seen, oh, my goodness, this team looks great. And then you've also seen just, I mean, it's very odd to see everybody on a team sort of have a, a, a shooting slump. It's just, it's not something you see. 
Um, you know, sometimes they seemingly forget, you know, you've got to get the ball to Baycott because he can, you know, make shots uh, and he can also get people in foul trouble. Because I noticed that against NC State, there was a, you know, NC State had this player, DJ Burns, um, big. Winter Peagle. You know, wide body yeah. guy. Yeah. And it's like, I was thinking, we need to try to get this guy in foul trouble so he's on the bench. And they just weren't getting into Baycon enough to make that happen. Um, and, and I don't, it's just one of those things. It's a head scratcher, but I do think he needs to be given a chance with his own players to see what he can do. All right, let me ask you this, because you're a Carolina grad, and I think you're the perfect person to ask. Is North Carolina the kind of job where you have to have a legacy as the head coach? Like, they went from Roy to Davis. Do you have to have someone who's in the coaching cycle maybe somewhere it was a Carolina player or an assistant or can Carolina be the kind of job that can bring in somebody totally outside the family or as many people have said and I've been told this Michael Jordan won't allow that right so how does this go from a Carolina perspective well, I, mean, I don't know about you know whether Michael Jordan would allow it allow well, it but uh... I know that people talk about well I mean I know people talk about a Carolina family yes and yes. people want to um, I think they would look again to try to keep it in in house, but I just think this whole conversation, even though I know we're having it right now, I feel like the whole conversation is premature. I know and it is. is. It is uh, unfair. It is. it is unfair to Hubert Davis, and so I, I think they're going to give him a shot with his own players. Oh, they and will. See how they that will. goes. But I'm just saying, um, it gets to that I, point. I think though. that's just only fair. Like I'm not, you know, I. It, it's just it's obviously been disappointing and. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens the last games of the season. I mean, some of these are, are kind of tough. I, I know they have to play uh, uh, Virginia at home, uh, which is, you know, always tough playing Virginia. Uh, but then they also have, um, so they got Florida State. I uh, believe Florida State is on the road. Yeah, they'll and win that one. They should win that one. In the season. They should, yeah. Always in the season at Duke, but it will be at home uh, against Duke. And so, even these games that Carolina's lost, another thing that's been frustrating is that um, it's not like there have been a lot of blowouts. It's a lot of times where the score was pretty close at halftime. Like, you know, like against NC State, down by one, and then something just turns in the second half. Um, you notice that against Miami, um, very, very close in the first half. But in the second half, the other team figures out a way to kind of yeah, you know, have a big run at some point, and so it's defensive lapses a lot of the time. Can't put two halves and together. Got, yeah. You know, Leaky Black is still getting credit. You know, he's still looked at as a great defender. He is, but you know, it can't just be one guy. I mean, he he can't defend everybody, right? What's Leaky's real name, by the way? Do we know? I think I think he told as a. Uh, Rashawn. Okay, I, I think I'd go back to Rashawn. I wouldn't want to be known as Leaky. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just a fail. It's just a family thing, you know. Whatever. Let's go to Roshan. Let's go it's back. What it is, Rick? <laughs> All right, let's Verna, let you go. You want to talk about Mac McClung? Why not? Gate City Pride. I mean, oh there's... my gosh, that was so incredible. I I so enjoyed watching him over the weekend the slam dunk contest. I didn't know who he was. Like when I see a basketball player, I would like to do the eye test. You know, think about if I was say at a mall and this guy walked past me, would I notice? Would I? I don't think I would. I, I, obviously, he's tall. You know, he's, um, they say he's 6'2". Uh, I, I guess I would notice that, but I wouldn't really pay much attention to him. You know, I wouldn't. Well, yeah. And 
he just looked very unassuming, you know. I, I wouldn't know he could do these things. But to watch him go up there and do four dunks, make them all in the first try, make it look effortless, um, it was a lot of fun. And I'm very happy for him, and, and I hope this will spark. You know, he just signed uh, a contract with the 76ers. I hope that this will be a, a good start to an NBA career for him. He gets to show what he can do. Um, because it, it just brought a big spark back to that dunk contest because it did. It had been dying, and you know you got when you got big time stars like you know LeBron's never competed in it, um, and the stars today you know they they talk to John Morant you know would you do this he said he would never do it oh yeah like, yeah never yeah so something that Michael Jordan did something Dr J did something Kobe Bryant right did, right you know Dominic Wilkins. You're saying, no, I, nope, I can't do it. do it. See, that's the problem, right? See, we're getting right into it. I want to have a great conversation with you sometime about uh, – may have to get through two segments at some point, but I want to talk to you about the NBA. See, it's that, that attitude right there, that mindset is one of the major problems with the league right now, right? It's not about the well, I game. I think that people are afraid of being embarrassed, and they don't see an upside. True. But, like, it used to be so exciting. The top – I mean, these are the top players doing this, Rick. It's their marketing. They care the more about their marketing. Look at right. Absolutely. Like, people look at – like Absolutely. Kobe, Michael, like I, I just don't get it. I, but you know, people are afraid. They're more I, worried I about their marketing. It's not attractive. They're, they're more work, worried about their marketing and their image than they are the game. That that's it. You just hit it. That I, well, embarrasses is the right word. Fear. Huh? That, that they might somebody like Mac might come along and win over them, and that's embarrassing. I think. You know, I don't know. They're scared. I, they're scared. You're right. That's a great word you scared. use. That's, that's a perfect word you use. They're they're too afraid of them being embarrassed, so they just don't do it. Heck with it. Nope. We don't want to get I out know. there. Yep. You're right. You're right. You're always right, Marvin. And it's a shame. <laughs> you're not, you're not so athletic. I know. That's what I don't want. This is what's so frustrating for me. I think the talent level from team to team is deeper than it's ever been. I think a lot of people would agree, especially when, we, when you add in all the international talent, right, from all over mm-hmm. the world that's made its influx into the game. So now it's truly a worldwide league. But yet the product is as bad as I've ever seen it. And it's got to just be because of those things you're talking about and the lack of care. I just don't see the game being the main well, the thing. Plays, we know the plays don't pick up, though. We know it's going to pick up in the playoffs. And the season is so long. I mean, you have to be a really diehard to watch all 82 games, Yeah, but that hasn't changed, And and if you're someone like me, I love basketball, but I don't have a team, really. I know. I'm not going to watch 82 games. Yeah, but that's not a new schedule. They've always had that schedule. Go back through the – I mean, the 70s, they always had this many games. So, all of a sudden, it becomes a big deal because these players are bellyaching about it. Our generation of great stars. You imagine Michael Michael Jordan, the year they went 72-10, and you know how many games he sat out? None. None. He played every freaking game. He started every game. And these guys today, yeah. these guys today need ten games off. Really, really. Well, then also, you know, you had like famously Kobe Bryant would play a lot of times, really hurt. Absolutely, and he, he would. Always said it was because he knew there's some people like in other markets. Yes, that they, you know, they their money. They want to come. They want to see him play. They want to see He's me like, play. If I, if yes. Any way I can go. Yes. I'm going to go. Kobe Bryant, the last great warrior of that generation, in my opinion. It's not LeBron, it's Kobe, in my opinion. A lot of people may not agree with that, but I think you're exactly right. Kobe was that guy. He really was. Modern star, but had the old school values of the game. Love Kobe and Bryant. You never know. Some, some people, someone may rise up and, and be like that again. We don't know. Well, we don't know. You're right. 
doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But I hope I hope so. I hope so. It's all up to Adam Silver. He's got to fix his league. He just hasn't realized it, I don't think, full throttle yet. But anyway, good stuff for you. Look, I hope you feel better. I appreciate you coming on, even though you have a call. Thank you. Take yeah, some. I'm not going to sit out. No, see, look at see, for me. right now you're being like MJ and Kobe. You, you showed up and played. <laughs> yes. Give my best to your fam, and please give a belated birthday. Uh, well, we talked about your daughter's birthday, didn't we? We did that already. Yeah, we talked about it. Actually, okay. she said happy birthday last That's week, right. so she's good. So I had my daughter's birthday yesterday. Yours is the week before. So I soon. saw that. Yeah. Oh. 22, Marva. Wait till your girl. 22. Wait, yeah, wait till your daughter hits 22. <laughs> wow. I, I just can't. It's hard to imagine that when your kid's nine. I know. Son's five. It's hard to think about. 22. I know. Wow. I know. I know. Well, listen, enjoy your week. Uh, suffer through the 84 degree temperatures today, and uh, we'll talk again next week. I will. All right. Okay. There you go. Hi, Rick. That's uh, Marva in Miami. 84 today down in Miami. I think Marva said it right. I think she's right. The, the fear of embarrassment is a great way to look at it because of what happened. Mac McClung, who? Little white dude wins the dunk contest. Let's just say it for what it is. That's why it was such a big deal, all right? That's why everybody's like, whoa, who's this guy? He's not supposed to be able to jump like that. I think she hit it right on the head. All right, we'll be back to wrap up this segment. Stay with us. Take the big dog for a walk. Oh, just the big lad walking around all licking up. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. Ah, the news hit's going to interrupt ABBA, does your mother know? Ah. We'll try to make up for that at some point. All right, we're halfway home on the Monday edition. Good stuff today. Text line's always open for you, 744-2990. The Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Tim Thomas at 835. More of our discussion, Carolina, NBA, Mac McClung, NASCAR, whatever's on your mind. Tech with a win. We'll tell you why it's nice they got a win, but how it really didn't help them at all. We'll be back. cover remember the old countdown five four three and movies and tv shows remember that they had the four on there yeah because you see it was four or four so they put the four on there boy it was clever what a witty witty marketing decision 639-4900 is the baker team hotline text line 744-2990 all right we're getting a lot of uh, carolina fans chiming in on the text line People I haven't heard from. Great to have you, by the way. And it, your opinions are great. We don't. It, may, it doesn't have to agree. It's fine. Bert, for instance. Bert listening in Stanton. I hope Ernie's well, Bert. Sorry, I had to. So are you saying Hubert Davis would rather not have as much talent on his roster than he does to coach? Well, I'll answer this, Bert. No, I will not say that he doesn't want to have talent on his roster. 
but what is this talent accomplishing in 2022-23? They were the overwhelming preseason number one, Bert. Right now, this group of talent, you know what I mean by talent? That's a private joke for myself and Chad Hyatt. Uh, I have to tell that story sometime. They, Bert, are in danger of becoming the first ever preseason you number one, unanimous number one at that, to not make the NCAA tournament. So you tell me, Bert, what good is having all that talent doing Hubert Davis right now? Other than getting them paid because of the deals they signed. Rodney chimed in. They all got paid. Bottom line, it's different. Yes, it is. And you can navigate through that if you're a certain type of coach. Hubert Davis is a new head coach. And I agree 100% with Marvin. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. I think he had the year last year. And I'm not sitting here saying, hey, we should fire him. But you know what? If Carolina, after these players are gone, if they struggle again next year, you're going to start hearing rumblings down there. Because blue blood programs in college basketball are different. That, however many blue bloods you want to throw in there. Carolina, Duke, UCLA, Kansas, Kentucky, whomever I may be leaving out. Their head coaching positions don't... (laughs) Go look at the winning percentages after John Wooden retired from the UCLA coaches who lost their job because they couldn't win consistent national championships or show up in the game. Some of them had 80-plus percent winning percentages. Something's not right. Something's not right. Tim writes in about NASCAR. Heard you talk about NASCAR earlier. He goes, I've been a fan my whole life. My dad was a fan. It's totally different now. It's not the same. I don't like the new scoring rules. Personalities are different. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. Not the same. The whole stages thing, I don't think that's the way it should be broken down. You know what? If you can't get through a 500-mile race, it's the Daytona 500, or wherever you are and your car breaks down or you make bad calls on press row, so, so be it. Everybody before you had to race that way. But now we get to come off the track in 80, in 80 laps. We don't want to have to overexert. <laughs> Let's make sure we rest the cars. Make sure we fix everything so everybody has an opportunity. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry, it wasn't a good race. Everybody go, oh, what a great race. No, it wasn't a good race. You had the terrible crashes. You had the, the caution, ending under caution. I mean, I'm happy for Ricky Stanhouse Jr. He hadn't won in, what, 200 races? I'm glad for him. That's great. Seemed like, seems like a good dude. I respect anybody who climbs up the fence to try to get to the fans. That's what he did. But it wasn't a good race. It wasn't. That kind of racing, for one, to me, is boring. Everybody watches, and then at the end, five laps, uh, five laps remaining, you have all these wrecks. It changes the entire outcome. And what's the point of spending and dedicating your entire afternoon to that when you know that's how it's going to end every time? Even the commentators who raced in that race, who were champions, said that. On the air. Well, you can be here all day long, and then all it comes down to is these final few laps. Okay, then why did we watch? (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Tony Stewart. 
Exactly. Appreciate that. Virginia Tech men's basketball team. Jekyll and Hyde, certainly. Totally different team at home, most are, than on the road. They kind of go to the extreme. They were favored, by the way. One texture pointed out, oh, upset win by Tech. Does this get them back in the tournament? Well, no, it wasn't an upset. They were five to five and a half point favorites. Vegas understood. Pitt hasn't been overly impressive. We've talked about it. By the way, Clemson lost at Louisville. Who told you a long time ago Clemson wasn't going to be the real deal? Hmm? Hmm? So, yes, Tech beat Pitt. Everybody's excited. Oh, Pitt was in first place. Uh, okay. All right. I think that says more about the ACC than it does Pitt. The reason it doesn't help Tech, they're now 63 in the net rankings. That's not good. Ken Palm has them down below. Where are they? They're 70 in Ken Palm. Didn't help them. The loss to BC and the loss at Georgia Tech is going to hang over this team regardless of what they do the rest of the regular season. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That win on Saturday was great, but they're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> they're in a lot, and it's trouble that they've done to themselves with some of these losses that they've had to absorb. They got a great shot coming up with Miami, a great opportunity tomorrow against Miami. Huge. It would help a lot. As a matter of fact, let me see here. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I haven't looked. I have not. I promise I have not. I'm going to see if Tech is favored in the game tomorrow. I would not be a bit surprised to see them favored at home. Let's see here. They may not have the spread out yet. It might be what they're waiting on. Wait, when is that game? Hang on here. Let me look here on my ticket that I have here. Yeah, Tuesday, February 21st. Against Miami. Do we have a spread yet? The game predictor has Tech winning. No, no spread yet. Okay. Spread will come out later. Let's see how close that spread is. It just matters that the good teams in the ACC have not been as great on the road. And we'll see how Miami does. Now, Miami's on a roll, and they're playing really well. And they have two road wins in their last five. They beat Clemson barely down at their place, and then they beat Carolina. They put up 96 against Wake. So once again, Tech does not want to get into a shootout with Miami tomorrow. But Tech has to win the game to have any shot of getting that consideration at the end of the year. But they're going to have to go on a run again in the tournament. I mean, Tech has two shots, I guess. Duke, although, you know, but if you win at Duke, that's going to get them a lot more play climbing back up the net. And what's frustrating about this Tech team is they are talented enough to win the whole thing again. Right? Would anybody, would anybody say that that's not the case? You watch them play. They are, without a doubt, talented enough to go on more of a run this year in the ACC tournament than they did last year. 
They've got everything it takes. They just haven't been able to consistently put it together. And you know, and since the seven-game losing streak, they won two, they lost one. They won one, they lost one. They won one against Notre Dame, they lost to Georgia Tech. They beat Pitt. Now, their local pattern over the last three weeks says they're likely going to lose to Miami. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. That's not going to get it done. As we get later in February, heading into March, that little seesaw I just explained, again, here's the seesaw. Beat Syracuse, lose at Miami. Beat Virginia, lose to Boston College. Beat Notre Dame, lose to Georgia Tech. Beat Pitt, blank, blank, blank. The committee, they don't like seesaws. Joe Lenardi doesn't like seesaws. They want to see that thing teetering consistently, and Tech hasn't been able to do that. Win against Pitt notwithstanding. That's a Pitt team that's lost eight games overall, by the way. It's not as if there's this juggernaut. I mean, they've had a great year. It's been a nice reprieve for that program, but Tech was favored for a reason by Vegas, and I'm thinking they might be favored again tomorrow night. And that is absolutely correct. Pauly, you hit it right on the head. And I've said this from the get-go. I said this earlier in the year, too, even before. I think we were previewing it. Everybody was saying that this Tech team was going to be so much better than last year. And I made the statement, and, Polly, you just said it, and you're exactly right. Not because you agree with me, because I think it's proven to be true. You don't lose Keve Aluma, your best player, and get better. Tell me an instance when you lose your best player and you get better. You might try to make up for that and have guys that will show up and play better, but that doesn't mean that you're a better team. Tech does not have that guy. Grant Basile is their best player right now. He has been terrific. Anything that's happening is not his fault. I mean, that guy got challenged by Mike Young a few weeks ago, remember? And he has absolutely turned it on, and that kid is an absolute dynamo, and he should be an all-ACC player, in my opinion. I think their backcourt has played too many minutes. They did cut down on Couture's minutes. He had 32. Padula played 39 more. He did have 12 points. He was 4 of 9 from the field. Hunter made 3 out of 4 threes. That's a good game for Hunter. I think that weighs on your backcourt. I really do. Right, and Wayne's right too. Storm Murphy, the way he defended along with Couture last year, especially late in the season, Storm's perimeter defense went kind of overlooked because Hunter was so good out there, but he made a big factor in that tournament, especially locking down some opposing guards. He did a nice job. That's a great point. Great point. Maddox is no longer with the team. That's another situation that they don't talk about because of things going on behind the scenes, but that has been a big loss on that roster as well. Yeah, Luma was replaced via the analytics, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, don't, 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 yeah, you're right. And I'm not an anti-analytics guy, but in basketball, that doesn't matter. 
I think analytics is is very resourceful and very useful in a lot of ways. Coaches use that to you know prepare in certain ways, but the personality type that Aluma had, that guy wanted to win, and Mike Young talked about it. He was fierce. You talk about a competitive dynamo. You take that equation out. Not to say they don't have guys who are competitive, but I mean, <laughs> that guy was a baller, man. I tell you what. Kevay Aluma was a baller for this Hokie team. You don't lose that guy and get better. You just don't. But they are capable. The other side of it, and every Tech fan is facing it, right? Everybody knows when you watch them play and they're on, you think there's nobody in the ACC better. And you know what? You're not far off. All right, so UVA Brian says, I'm being a homer. Here we go. Here we go. All right, UVA Brian, what happened the last time UVA and Tech played? All right, you won at your place. Tech beat you guys here in Blacksburg. I mean, I don't want to throw facts into the equation, UVA Brian, but maybe I have to. I mean, sure. UVA is ahead of them in the standings. Sure, UVA leads the ACC. Do I think UVA is the best all-around team? Uh, they're the best defensive team. I think Miami's the best offensive team in the league, bar none. I don't think it's close. Will that get them? Right? Right? Does that get them into the ACC championship? I don't know. Maybe the way Virginia plays, Brian, you're right. Maybe that defense is going to be the thing. Defense wins championships. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. But Tech has all the components to make a run in this tournament is all I'm saying. They've beaten Pitt. All right? Clemson has fallen off the face of the earth. NC State's had a reprieve, but they're very beatable. Tech's beaten Duke. Carolina, well, we've already discussed Carolina. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up Hour 2. We're getting into this with Tim Thomas coming up as well. He'll join us from the Tech Lunch Fair. Hope you're well, wherever you might be here on this Monday edition. More coming up, wrapping up Hour 2. Text line's going to be open, 744-2990. Stay with us. Absolute best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! More Big Dog next on WRAD. I got a text message just a little while ago during the break. No name attached to it, but clearly UVA fan. Disputing the fact that Tech beat them. Um, well, go go look up the box score. It was... Uh, I, I, here, let me help you a little bit. Let me help you a little bit here. It was 74-68. Uh, Tech won that game. That was back on the 4th of February, if you want to look that up. February 4. You remember, it was a big Saturday afternoon at noon. 
Crowd went nuts. Tech put up 74 points against the vaunted pack line. Yeah, that happened. I know. I know denial is something that a lot of people go to, but that's that's a fact. That's a historical fact. Uh, that did happen, and it happened earlier this month. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure you understood. I'm not making that up. They they did split the regular season series. <laughs> Mark says, do you think Grant Basile is the team MVP? Absolutely he is. He's averaging what? It's under 17 points per game. Oh, there's no question he is. What a great addition for Mike Young. I love watching that kid play. And Grant Basile, he's kind of got an old school mindset. He can do it inside and out. He's a physical guy. Now, somebody can refresh my memory. Remember the game? He had a bad game. It was in conference. And I don't know if it was the game at BC or Wake. It was around that time, right? Remember? Remember Mike Young kind of singled him out. We played the post-game press sound. He said, I went to him and told him that we've got to have better, something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head what game that was. But in any event, he kind of got challenged. Now, Mike Young was just coaching him up. He wasn't doing anything off base or anything. That's why I like Mike Young so much. I love the old I mean, I love the fact that he coaches his players. He doesn't accept anything less than what uh, he feels like they should be giving. But ever since then, man, Grant Basile has just been that guy. He's a tough matchup, and I think he's gotten better defensively. I always watch for that, too. When a guy's game rises on the offensive end, are they still dedicated to doing what they need to do on the other end of the floor? And I believe he's done that. He's blocked some shots. He's improved his footwork. And this is why I'm saying that if you get your guards in order a little bit better, you can rest Padula a little bit more, figure out how to make it up since Maddox is no longer there, you got a shot to win the whole thing again. We'll be back. Power Hour coming up. Stay with us.